intro gets me every time welcome to episode 22 of the smash accept podcast it is title time hopefully you guys have been listening to the show the last couple of weeks because we've been hitting you guys with the guys to start the players to get in your lineup and we want to do it one more time for you guys uh, been getting a lot of great hype on twitter a lot of people talking you know positively about what's going on with smash accept and and the advice that we've been given so continue to do that you can find me at dynasty underscore dad ff you can at Smash Accept Podcast, and you can message either of these great co-hosts that we have here. We're going to switch it up here on you, John. I'm, I'm going to go with Mung first on this one. Mung, how you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, always great to be here. Uh, we've made it to championship week, or hopefully you guys have, or even if you're playing for third place, it's still a, a big game for you guys. So we're going to try and break down as many sit-start decisions as possible and if you guys have, you know, other questions you think of later on, you can always tweet us. I'm at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And last but not least, I'm going to introduce him correctly. Mr. or Sir, because he went 5-0 and in his semifinals. Sir Playoff John, you have been knighted. Take it over. Thank you. It's about time you got that right there, Mike. No, Playoff John, so great to be back here on this pod. And let me just say, this is, again, one of my favorite times of year. Mike, I have, I, again, it, it turned out really well, but I mean, I was sweating it out. Week 15 for me was one of the most entertaining weeks of the entire year. And I have to throw one out there that was an incredible moment where I back and forth, back and forth, like sleeper projections had me within like 0.1 of this, of this guy in my home league going back and forth. I'd pull ahead. He'd, he'd get a score. And then finally, this moment that I'll never forget with Nuke Hopkins, that back shoulder fade in the fourth quarter where he somehow dives into the end zone with the guy all over him. I just went completely nuts. <laughs> just running around. It was, it was just this beautiful moment. And so Nuke Nuke and I have like a really tight relationship now. We're, we're boys. I mean, he, he also won me that other one on the Hale Murray earlier in the year where I won it on that play. And so it's moments like that. It's what it's all about. I'm glad you, I, he should be on that board behind you. And by the way, guys, we've got I, these new yeah. great Smash Accept uh, banners here. DraftKits.co. They did a great job on these. They do a great job with our draft boards. We're going to hit you up with some great promos and some discounts like we had. And hopefully this year we can actually draft live. You know, a lot of us didn't get an opportunity to do that. So, you know, Smash Accept is, is hitting it up with those. Um, another great thing that we have going on is Dynasty Dorks Fantasy Football is doing a holiday fantasy giveaway. We are part of that. You know, there are 19 people involved. It is a phenomenal group of 19. You know, it's it's Dynasty Dorks. It's IDP guys. Um, it's Angelo Analysis. And all you guys got to do is you go on to any of our accounts and you like everyone in the group. You retweet or you follow everybody. You should already like us. We're fantastic. But you follow all 19 sites retweet the post and tag two people and we're doing a giveaway at every 50 retweets so we get to the first retweet and some of the prizes are pretty sick i mean we're talking autographed jerseys brand new patrick mahomes jerseys um we're looking at angelo analysis free analysis for a year on his website i mean we're talking some great prizes here right and my guy at swamp donkey underscore 90 he gets the first one he gets the one-on-one of prizes and what does he choose john Smash except Prue. He wants. Hey, congratulations, man! Welcome to the uh, the listener league that we're kicking off next year. Free entry, which I, I agree, beautiful prize, and uh, does say a lot that we were the first prize one chosen. One so, prize welcome to the league, buddy. At Joey the Tooth IDP, you know they're doing a spinning wheel, and it sat on his forever. You know, kind of like the Price is Right. You're sitting there, you think you're getting that that hundred dollars, and then uh, it clicks over to a five, and then that's oh. so congratulations, yeah. Swamp Donkey. Super excited to have you in the listener league. Keep paying attention to ways to get into that. You know, we've had a lot of messages be like, how do I get into that listener league? It is going to be a 14 team super flex with some of the guys from the gang, you know, from, 
from us three at Dynasty at the Dynasty Lefty at D Klug ninety. You know Jesse, all kinds of guys. I mean, so we're gonna split it up pretty evenly with you guys, and really just try to make it fun where you get a chance to play with the entire Smash Except crew. So super excited for that, but more excited. It is playoff time, right? We are getting ourselves to week 16, and we have all the matchups we're going to cover. We're going to talk about all the breakdowns, who you should be starting, who you should be sitting, and we're going to do at each game a red light, a green light, and a yellow light. You know, these two great guys are going to hit us up with that. Let's start off with Christmas Day. You know, we got the Minnesota Vikings traveling to the Saints, and let's, I mean, can this Saints offense function now with, with Drew Brees coming back? Drew Brees with the rib injury had his lowest PFF grade at 45.6 since 2013. Obviously the offense is a lot about timing. It's a lot about quick slants. Michael Thomas is not involved. Are we, are we trusting anybody right now in this Saints offense aside from Kamara? And on the flip side, Minnesota gets a tough New Orleans Saints defense Mung, why don't you hit me up with your green light first? We'll hit our green light for both of you guys. Who's that guy that's a must start for you? Yeah, for me, it's Justin Jefferson. Um, regardless of how good the Saints are, you know, you're green lighting him. Have some really good options given what he's shown. I mean, he's in contention for the rookie of the year, and he looks uncoverable. So it'd be hard for me to to bench Justin Jefferson. Tom, what about you? Who's your green light player of the week? Yeah, uh, I mean, this this one might be kind of an obvious one, but I would definitely green light Dalvin Cook um, on the on the Minnesota side since Monk stole Justin Jefferson. I do have to play against Justin Jefferson, so I'm hoping the Saints can slow him down a little bit, but he's looked great. And then, like you said, on the New Orleans side, I've got, like, I'll call them yellow lights and just about everybody. I, I think that they actually even limited the playbook a little bit for Breeze, and he, 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 he wasn't 100% yet. Maybe takes a step here, and the Minnesota D has been a little shaky. I'm just not feeling good about it, though, outside Kamara. Absolutely. I'm moving into, you know, I, I'm in agreement there. Almost everybody in this is in that yellow light. One guy for me that is a dead red light is Kirk Cousins. You know, Kirk Cousins has a grotesque, when you look at his home versus away split. Mm. I mean, at home, he's putting up 24.8 fantasy points per game. And in Superflex, he's got to be likely in your QB2 range. But on the road, he's only putting up 13.3 fantasy points per game. I am suggesting big time sit Kirk Cousins. You know, he's someone that I am not trusting in the fantasy playoffs. There's got to be better options out there. And he's someone that I'm I'm definitely sitting. John, who are you putting on the fantasy bench this week? I'm kind of tempted to, to bench more than a Thielen um, this week. Um, and – and you, you saw some of my uh, Photoshop work there. We, we turned feeling into blue steel, purple steel, as we called it. Dear yeah, God. should go check that out. It's beautiful. <laughs> you know, we, we, we get Zoolander in there again. But I just, if you guys didn't see that edit, he put it up there. And then I was like, look at that. I was like, yo, if that was just Adam Thielen's face instead of instead of Derek Zoolander there, he put it up there. It's definitely worth the time to go check it out. But I think he might get um, replaced by the up-and-coming rookie here, Hansel, um, which is, of course, Justin Jefferson. So hot right if now. If I can just keep that metaphor going there a little bit. When we get our sound so hot right now. really hit off, there's going to be a lot of Zoolander quotes just right up in there. Uh, so hot right now. So hot. Mung, who's someone who's not hot that you're you're just absolutely benching on all your teams? I would tread lightly with Drew Brees. Uh, we know about the rib injury. He doesn't look fully healthy, and certainly he was never the most mobile guy to begin with. Uh, Minnesota's defense has been inconsistent, but they've been blitzing a lot, and they've been hot lately. And at the same time, the Saints have some injuries on their offensive line. So depending on your options, it wouldn't be crazy to me if you bench Brees. I do have to start him in two of my leagues because um, I, I kind of went – I, I passed on quarterback, you know, I let it go deep and I have the choice. Of, I got Baker, Roethlisberger and Breeze and I, I'm really having a tough time starting Ben Roethlisberger after last week against Drew, over Drew Breeze. I had Baker on my bench the entire year, but I'm like, it's playoff time, man. That's no way I'm, I'm, I'm risking that. Next matchup, we got Tampa Bay goes to Detroit and, you know, Tom Brady looked a little shaky in the beginning of the game, you know, but he came back um, <laughs> kind of like the Super Bowl, right? Where they were down over 17 at half. 
the but they and it was what twenty. I don't. They were they were down considerably. The Falcons have given up lead after lead. I mean, they're great with that this year. But the Tampa Bay Bucks get a great matchup here with Detroit. You know, a top five passing option. He has to be a green light on all your teams. We've been advocating it. You know, Mung was saying give up a first and a second. I was saying give up a first. I made a deal this past weekend. I, I traded Matthew Stafford straight for him because I did not believe. Now, I have five quarterbacks on that team. I'm not advocating doing that all the time. But I traded Stafford straight up for him. I'm in the title round. Drew Brees, or not Drew Brees, but Tom Brady is going to win people fantasy championships this week. Guys, do you have any other green lights from this game? I mean, everybody on the Bucks, man. Start, <laughs> start them all. Uh, I think this is a smash spot for them. And then on the flip side here, you know, I don't know. We don't talk about DFS too much, but sometimes you like that uh, complimentary guy on the other side if you think one side is going to score a ton of points. So Marvin Jones, I think uh, the Lions are going to be in catch-up mode for a lot of that game. Yeah, Marvin Jones was a guy that put you into the championship. I mean, it, it was a it was a difficult decision. Galladay is going to be out again, and when Galladay's out, Marvin Jones is heavily targeted. So that's definitely someone that I have in my green list. Um, I have Mike Evans. You know, he had that twenty one percent target share again. I have him in my green list. But I right now I've I've put Godwin in the yellow. You know, there's a lot of options mm-hmm. out there at the wide receiver position, even on the same team. I mean, John Antonio Brown hooked up for a nice long touchdown. He, he looked the part. He put up over 20 fantasy points this week. Do you have Antonio Brown in that yellow, green, where, where or, or red, potentially? Yeah, I've got – I think that um, Mung's right. I mean, you're yellow trending red on a lot of these receivers, including Antonio Brown. I mean, Tampa Bay does look like they want to spread the ball out, but Detroit is, is looking pretty weak in the secondary. The only place that I would put a red light, um, it would be on the running game. Ronald Jones is out. And I mean Fournette, okay, he's there. Maybe give him a yellow, but I'm not. I'm not really excited about having Fournette in any of my matchups in the final. Yeah, I think the tricky one here is, and and I I chickened out last week and I traded to to replace Stafford. So Stafford actually looked pretty good. You know, he had the injury, but he still came out there. He he, he you know he's a competitor. He's a gritty kind of guy. Um, he owns one of the the highest PFF grades. You know, in ninety one point eight, but we're looking at a situation here where the Bucks defense has been pretty good. This past week, though, Matt Ryan did torch them. Mm-hmm. Are you comfortable putting Matthew Stafford in there? You know, I think that was a little bit more of the Bucks just looking a little bit sluggish to start the game, more so than Matt Ryan, you know, re- just, just getting it done without Julio. Is Matthew Stafford someone that we should consider? You know, and where do you guys have him ranked for this week? I would say yellow light on Stafford. Um, the Bucks have been really good generating pressure on quarterbacks, but their secondary has been kind of iffy at, at times this year. Uh, so it depends on your other options, but I think I have him in that 17-18 range. So certainly startable and super flex, but I would not want to rely on him uh, in one quarterback leagues to be sure. And then real quick, going to what John was saying, I actually like Fournette this week. Uh, he got 14 carries last week, even when the Bucks were trailing for a lot of that game. And I expect a, that game script to be flipped for this week. I like it. I like it. That's a tricky one, you know, and and he's probably someone that you probably aren't in the playoffs if you are banking on having Leonard Fournette. But if that's someone that's on the back end of your roster, I mean, I can see him in a, you know, in a second flex kind of situation because he is talented, you know, but it, it's just been that situation. I got one for yeah, you here. Oh. I actually have in my green light for the week is DeAndre Swift. And I know it's a little bit more of a gut call, um, but I feel like they get down early. And I feel like it's a situation where he catches a lot of passes out of the backfield and puts up a nice solid PPR floor for you this week. Yeah, I I could, I definitely have Swift as like a, as a running back two here. Tampa Bay's D has been really strong against the run. So I, I might yell light him, but I would not blame him. The upside is definitely there too, and you're you're going for it all here, literally. So, um, yeah, Swift I think is a pretty pretty decent play this week as like mid to high running back too. Absolutely. Moving right along here, we got San Francisco traveling to Arizona, which isn't really traveling because they've been playing their home games in Arizona, so they're kind of staying at home. Um, big headline is obviously Kyler Murray rushing ability still there. You know, people were still like 
thinking that was fading or that they were trying not to trying to get away from that after he had 50 or more rushing yards in in you know seven of the nine first nine games then he comes out and he puts up 91 yards and puts himself right back there where he belongs is in in a conversation as the QB1 for this year you know he's been a guy who has you know he's right behind me the QB1 QB2 right there on our smash accept board but he has been arguably one of the best, you know, and he's been fantastic. You're obviously green lighting him, obviously green lighting DeAndre Hopkins. Let's talk a little bit about the run game. I mean, are we considering rolling out there Chase Edmonds or Kenyon Drake? Both of them kind of struggled a little bit because when Kyler starts getting the running game, sometimes they get the red zone looks, but it, it takes away a little bit from, from their opportunities, John. Yeah. I, I, the thing to watch there is is the status of Chase Edmonds. And he has not practiced um, today or yesterday. And so that that actually could help Drake a ton. I'm, I'm really hoping that Edmonds gets healthy and plays in that game because I'm facing Drake in a final. But he, he really looked bad. I mean, I think he just had single-digit PPR points coming out of that last game. And I'm, I really am starting to wonder, is Drake going to be around next season on, on Arizona? And I, I, if I was a betting man, I'd say he's not. And so – um, Chase Edmonds, if he plays, I'm yellow light, if not red light on, on Kenyon Drake. And so be careful on that situation though. But if Edmonds is out, then I definitely would major upgrade for Kenyon Drake. Cause he gets more involved in the passing game. Yeah. Someone that's been a little bit more of a, a deeper type look at the tight end position. Dan Arnold is in that yellow light conversation. I mean, he has looked really good, you know, and I think Kyler Murray's really starting to trust him and he's, he's approached it that back end Q or tight end one position here for the, the fantasy playoffs. Um, Mung is, is Arnold someone that you consider rolling out here this week against the 49ers? Uh, I would probably not. Hopefully if you've made it to week 16, you have better options here. Uh, I feel like Arnold's been very touchdown dependent here. And um, I would actually even start Jordan Reed on the other side over him because I actually like Reed a lot with Beathard under center. Um, and I do think that the Niners are going to trail in this game. I believe, I, I totally agree with you. Um, the other guy, I mean, the guy we got to green up, obviously the bright spot of the 49ers season right now is is the breakout. You know, it's Brandon Ayuk, who had 100 yards receiving or a touchdown in nine of his 10 games since week three. I mean, he has been unbelievable. No wide receiver has averaged more expected fantasy points per game than Ayuk since week eight. Over that time, 12.4 targets per game. We're in a situation here where we have to argue Brandon Ayuk. I mean, we, we we didn't have him in there. He has to be in the conversation of a top 15 dynasty wide receiver, I believe, the way he's been playing. Um, but obviously we've talked about this on other podcasts where we said, you know, Kittle's going to come back and, and Debo's going to come back. But we can't deny the talent. I mean, this guy is a surefire start. He's a green light when it comes to your fantasy playoffs someone that you have to have in your roster. If you made moves for him, congratulations. If you drafted him in the second round, you are reaping the rewards there of a guy who has a very bright future. Yeah, I I love Ayuk. I wish I had more shares. And he is, in my opinion, a clear wide receiver one this week, full green light. The, the other one I'll throw in there too on that side of the ball was is Jeff Wilson. And we talked about him on um, – the last pod, Mostert ended up playing, but then re-aggravated his injury. And so he's for sure out, and Wilson is going to be the lead guy. They like to go to him at the goal line. So if you were kind of iffy on him, I'm definitely going to yellow light Jeff Wilson here and, and kind of like him as a flex play this week. I like that a lot. Um, we, we all ran to the wire when we thought Mostert was out, right, because we wanted Jeff Wilson. We wanted him in that Dallas situation. Mung, are you willing to throw Wilson in there with a borderline green light? I would say yellow for him. And the reason for this is I actually have Jarek McKinnon as a yellow light as well. And the reasoning for that is, you know, we saw Mostert. He did play last week, but then he exited the game early with injury. And Jeff Wilson's actually playing through ankle and hamstring injuries. So there's a possibility where he doesn't finish this game. And again, assuming that the Niners are going to be trailing in the second half of this one, we see that McKinnon's one of their preferred pass-catching backs, and he could actually get a ton of work even more if Wilson were to miss time. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, I do think Jeff Wilson, I think they keep it close. You know, I think they keep it close early on in the game. 
And just like Tom Hanks, fantasy owners are going to be yelling, Wilson! I think it's Jeff Wilson week. You know, I had to get a little dad joke in there. I'm just picturing, you know, it's a good movie, Castaway. If you haven't seen it, you know, if you're... I'll give you that. We're a bunch of boomers here, but, you know, it's a little bit on the older side. Uh, Anybody else we're missing in that situation? No, but can I just get like a, a Christmas wish in? I need Nuke to just do it for me one more week. All right. So that's, I'm throwing that out there and hoping that he comes through me one more time, Nuke. Let's do it, man. I know. He has been, he has been fantastic. And he's just, we're riding his coattails. We're just, we're getting there. Um, you know, he is absolutely fantastic. We, in the, in the dynasty community, we've kind of held it back, right? We were like, well, you know, we, we kind of compared a lot, unfortunately, Kyler's situation to Baker and DeAndre Hopkins being like the OBJ going into a new situation and not really having that. But he has been fantastic. He's been better than what we could have even expected, you know. Um, moving on to the super exciting game that hopefully you don't have to start too many guys from Miami at Las Vegas. So we're talking, can Mariota deliver again? I know we talked about it just recently that Carr is practicing. I don't think there's much in that side. You know, there's not a lot going on in this game aside from Josh Jacobs, clear start. You got to have Josh Jacobs in the, in the green. And the guy that I'm excited about that I have in the yellow is Salvin Ahmed. You know, he looked pretty darn good, but we have to worry about, you know, are we going to have, is he going to get the bulk of the carries or do we have people returning to the lineup, Monk? Yeah, Miami uh, actually activated Miles Gaskin today off that COVID list. So I would stay yep. away from Ahmed. He's a red light for me. Um, and then Gaskin coming back, he's a he's a yellow light just because we don't know if he's going to immediately get that workhorse role again. But I'm leaning green because the last time we saw Gaskin come back, he immediately jumped back into that clear starting role. Absolutely. On the other side of the ball, John, what are we doing with Tua? You know, we've had we've had ups, we've had downs with Tua. Um we all knew that last week it was going to be a little bit of a struggle with new England, you know, and, and he, he looked decent, you know, he had a couple rushing touchdowns. Are you going to roll out to a tag of Iowa this week? I certainly feel better about him than I did last week. And we did caution against that last week. So if you listened, you probably did not play him. Although man, the guy is such a gamer and he yeah. ended up leading them to a victory in that game. First time that the Patriots have been eliminated from the playoffs and I can't even remember when. And so <laughs> I really love this kid, sky high future, super accurate, but I'm probably not going to play him this week. I'm going to yell a light to a for sure. And then one guy that I just got to throw back in there one more time, Darren Waller, full on green light. You could just go 80 straight through that intersection. Green light. Don't even worry about it. Stays green all the time. No, debate, never changes. He's the for, uh, for Tua. I'd say his status gets a lot better. If Devontae Parker comes back, I think, yep. If yes. Parker's back, you're you're playing Tua with much more confidence. Yeah, because I mean, Las Vegas had their tenth most yeah, weak. to the position. You know, they're pretty weak at that mm-hmm. point. But I found myself in a situation where I have Tua on almost all my superflex teams. I did not start him in any, but man, was I rooting for him? You know, I mean, it was it was gritty performance. He only had 145 passing yards, but those two touchdowns had him, you know, up over 20 fantasy points. You know, he, yeah. he still gritted it out with literally no wide receivers. So if Parker does come right, come back, he's trending to- closer to that green. But, yeah, I feel like we got we to gotta sit him in that yellow section right now. Next game, moving right along here, Carolina at Washington. So Washington looks to remain in the driver's seat in the NFC East. I mean, Dwayne Haskins, obviously, we talked about on the last podcast – it was against Seattle. He had to celebrate a little bit, you know, get himself out there in the strip clubs. The biggest MVP of that game, and if you have him on your team, you love this guy. J.D. McKissick just showed up and put up over 29 fantasy points because of all the receptions. We've been talking about him for weeks, somebody to add on the cheap. Um, Mung, you're, you're our guy when it comes to injuries. Have you heard any positive news trending on Antonio Gibson? John, I know you're the the – leader of the Antonio Gibson fan club. If he comes back, Gibson's got to be a green light. And that puts McKissick, you know, from that mid yellow to a guy that I'm not really all that interested in. If I have the options. Yeah. I mean, we got some good news on uh, Antonio Gibson. He is back at limited uh, practice participation, whether that means he'll play or not. I think it's still 50, 50 at this point. 
Uh, certainly McKinnon, you're, or excuse me, uh, McKissick, excuse me, uh, you're playing if Gibson is out. But I think he's still serviceable in PPR formats. Uh, even if Gibson is back, you know, coming back from that toe injury, they might take it easy on him in his first game back. The guy that's been tricky to to peg right now is is Terry McLaurin. You know, I mean, he was so fantastic with Alex Smith in the lineup. He's kind of been in a bit of a dry spell right now. John, he's not a, an absolute must-start anymore at this point. Are you in agreement? Yeah, I, I'm not going to red light him, but I, I definitely would put a little caution. I mean, Carolina, I don't know what happened against Green Bay in the second half, but give them some credit with Rule in the, in the game plan. They completely shut down. Mr. Rogers. Uh, in fact, I was getting super concerned because I was playing Rogers in, in uh, a couple of leagues. And so they, you know, they played pretty tough and kind of won some respect there. So I, I'd be cautious with McLaurin, but I'm okay throwing him in there. Um, yeah. And I, and, it, and I, I'm, you know, if I could throw in one more Christmas wish, it's that Gibson does return. Re- would love to see him just go one more time for me. He's got his little bell there. We got a cowbell. He's got his Polar Express bell. He still believes. You know, he's fully That's believing. Right. The guy I believe in, green light, all day, Logan Thomas. Uh, I've been talking mm-hmm. about him for weeks. He has been he has been a top-end tier type player that you're putting in there. And now he gets Carolina, who's allowed the sixth most receptions. You know, and he's he's someone that I think – or sixth worst against the, the tight end position. And Logan Thomas is a guy that I think is going to win you a championship. You know, he won you that semi. He's going to go and he's going to put it all together here again for another fantastic week against Carolina. And Mung, that was a great point, obviously, about McKissick because they're allowing Carolina's allowing, you know, top six when it comes to receptions to the running back position, too. So I'm, I'm fully OK with him being in that yellow section, getting it into that borderline green. If, if Gibbs is out, he's absolutely green. McKissick is a guy that you can start with confidence. One guy we wanted to start with confidence obviously would have been Christian McCaffrey, but it does not look like he's going to be back. It looks like he's on the doubtful side. So CMC obviously was averaging 24 points per game in his starts. Mike Davis isn't quite as locked as loaded as he was. You know, he lost a lot of snap shares. He only had 54%. 46% went to Rodney Smith. You know, he played a season high in his snaps. He saw more targets than Mike Davis. We've been talking about him all year. We've been saying Mike Davis is a great play because he's been a top 10 fantasy running back. But I'm really worried about him in the fantasy playoffs, John. Yeah, I, I would not count on Mike Davis as like an RB1 this week. I think I have him like 15, 16, somewhere in that range. I think they're still going to need to depend on him. But I'm going to actually yellow light Mike Davis here. I got concerns going against that football team defense who's been playing really, really well, especially on the D line. That's where they're strongest. So, you know, I think that Mike Davis will get enough to be a, a start as an RB two, but um, I'm, I'm definitely going to be cautious. And I'm also just kind of um, with throw out a, a yellow light on Robbie Anderson, who I was playing in, um, you know, he's kind of a Grinch there in week 15. He just went MIA and, you know, maybe the green Bay defense kind of took him out, but um, he he's actually been behind both, uh, DJ Moore and Samuel in targets over the last four weeks. And so when you start start losing the volume to Robbie Anderson, you're going against Washington. I'm actually going to yell light him too. And, and, and I'm actually benching him for some other guys in, in uh, one of my leagues. Yeah. DJ Moore has really been on the rise. You know, I think Teddy Bridgewater has got to be in that yellow conversation. DJ Moore is a tough guy to bench the way he's been playing over the last several weeks. Um, has there been a more quiet and more, I don't want to say, you know, it, it's a, it feels like a disappointment for a thousand yard receiver again. You know, he's, he's 23 years old and he's coming off back to back 20,000 know, yard seasons. The touchdowns aren't there. That's not his game. It hasn't been so far, but DJ Moore could be a low key buy here in the off season where people are discounting what he's been doing on the football field. Next game rolling through here. We have, Indianapolis at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was an absolute dumpster fire on Monday night. I mean, it was tough to watch. You didn't want any part of that. In one of my leagues, I had Roethlisberger, Juju, and Ebron, and that was my only redraft league. So let's just say I'm not in the championship there. You know, I mean, that was an ugly performance. Um, just three weeks ago, obviously, Steelers were 11-0, and riding high, right? They looked fantastic. But no offense in the NFL has been less efficient 
over these last three games than Pittsburgh. You know, they're negative 0.24 estimated um, pl- pl- plays per action was the worst in the NFL. I mean, they just can't run the ball. They had less than 60 yards rushing. Big Ben, 154 yards on 34% passer rating. 34.7. That's disgusting. Are we willing to roll out anything in Pittsburgh right now against Indianapolis? I have Ben Roethlisberger as a back-end QB2. I have Juju as a borderline wide receiver three. I want Deontay Johnson. I feel like Deontay Johnson has been the bright spot in there. But I'm yellow at best with everyone else in this Pittsburgh offense. I, I will go ahead and red light him. And in fact, it's like you ran the red light and got pulled over. It's and it's 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 that bad. I would I I mean maybe Deontay Johnson I might consider playing, but I would red light everybody else. Yeah, Deontay Johnson has been peppered in this offense. I mean, you have to admit the targets are there. Um, you know, we we there was a lot of knock on Michael Thomas being the slant king with 11 yards per catch. Juju this year is eight yards per catch. I mean, he's in Jarvis Landry type territory of efficiency. You know, it's just tons of volume is the only reason that that's keeping things propped up on the other side of the ball. I was advocating Phillip rivers everywhere. I know this Pittsburgh defense is good, but no quarterback has more QB one season QB one performances than Phillip rivers. I mean, he has been in that conversation nonstop and I have a hard time getting him out of that green, out of that top 12 section, Jonathan Taylor, Got to keep him in that same area. And the Colts wide receiver core. I mean, I'm not trusting Pittman right now, but I still have to have Hilton in that yellow section for me. Monk. Yeah, I, I have Rivers more of a yellow, but certainly uh, the Steelers defense hasn't been nearly as scary since all the injuries to that defense. Taylor, you're starting. And, you know, Hilton's still – the best option among the Colts receivers, but the target volume really isn't there for him. I I think he's still in that yellow section, as you said, Uh, you know, some upside, but uh, the floor is still pretty low. Deontay Johnson, once we were kind of debating back there, I mean, I actually just saw a tweet where in the last four games, he is second only to Stefan Diggs and tied with Darren Waller for targets in the NFL. So, I mean, it's tough not to start a guy like that. That's someone you want to be in there. Um, but that, this is a tricky game. I feel like it's going to be low scoring, a lot of good defense. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's about as exciting as we get on that one. Into an exciting game, hopefully. Hopefully we get this one into a shootout. I, but the- yeah, I do, um, I do hope that Jonathan Taylor has another good game. Um, I've probably used up all my Christmas wishes already, but I'm really um, hoping he does well. If he does – can you imagine what's going to happen to this guy's stock if he actually does like as well as he has been against the Pittsburgh D? It's just going to be I'm, rocket ship. I'm cheering up from from my playoff <laughs> shots. I traded two of them when he was struggling there, but two two shares of Jonathan he looked amazing Taylor. last week. He looked really good. Um, so we got the Falcons traveling to the Chiefs. Obviously, Chiefs green light on everybody, right? I mean. If Edward Solaire sits, I'm almost green lighting Le'Veon Bell. I'm green lighting obviously Kelsey and Hill and Mahomes. These are the guys that are going to put you in that in that championship win with against the Falcons defense. That's just just abysmal. I would even consider throwing Hardman and Watkins in that yellow area because of the way that Atlanta has struggled. And on the flip side of the ball, I mean, Atlanta gets the Chiefs. They're going to have a lot of slop time in this, I believe. Matt Ryan's a tricky one there. Calvin Ridley, you got to green up. But Julio Jones, you know, if he steps back out there, can't be higher than a yellow. I mean, are we considering putting him up into that green area? I, not, I don't not know that Julio even plays. Um, we haven't really heard anything. I, I don't think he's practiced yet this week that I've heard of. And, you know, I, I mean, we'll see. But right now I'm pretty pessimistic on Julio. Yeah, and Every, remember what happened is last time he got he played, but then they, he he basically his hand be tightened up and they had to pull him, and so that's what really screws you. So I would I'd be very careful. Yeah. The only thing might that might be newsworthy there is Russell Gage has actually started to look pretty good again. You might yellow light that consider him because you're right the the game script is that they're going to air it out. Um, I will say though that Russell Gage has been a little inconsistent, and so that's why yellow light for me on that one. He's been inconsistent in targets and and 
and in and yardage and things like that. But he's actually been above 10 fantasy points each of the last five weeks. You know, yeah, every, just, every game Julio's been out, mm-hmm. he's a lock. So it's it's consistent in fantasy points, but it's not consistent in targets, right? Like there might be a touchdown and then you know, two catches for, but it's been up and down as far as that. But as far as production for the fantasy football community, he's been a lock for 10 points. And I feel like you should put him in for a lock again. You know, if that's the kind of guy you're looking for as a, if you're, we talk about this all the time. If you're a favorite, you can play guys like Russell Gage, you know, in the back end, instead of a guy that is a big, high risk, high reward Le'Veon Bell. I'm greening up because it sounds like Clyde Edwards Hilaire is definitely out. Um, I don't think, I don't think Darrell Williams is going to cut in there too much. One guy I'm definitely do not start putting him in the red is Hayden Hurst. I have not been able to take the Hayden Hurst anxiety pill, you know, where it's like, is he going to put up 30 points or zero? And it's been zero too many times. We're going to hit some of these last games here pretty quick. Um, But let's, I'm going to start with each one of you guys. Let's hit, get me a green, get me a yellow and get me a red bears. Jaguars. We have Trubisky's been playing well. Do you have him in that line? John, who do you have as your red? Who's your yellow? Who's your green? Hit me up with one of each. Green for sure, David Montgomery. And and Mung, congrats on that trade that you just pulled off to throw him in. But he he's everything we said he was going to be in our playoff episode. He's been like a top five guy, and he is again this week. So he would be my green. I am going to yellow light Trubisky. And um yeah, I would also green light Allen Robinson. He's um he's been playing lights out and against Jacksonville. I'm feeling really good about that. That's a wide receiver one green light right there. And we're red lighting everybody on Jacksonville except for James Robinson if he comes out. Is that where we're going with on that side of the ball? I would red light James Robinson too, because they basically coach said, nah, we're resting you, man. You you may want to play, but I mean staff says he's he's sitting. So I'm not feeling good about that at all. Red lights across the board. Mung, are you agreeing with with John's takes? And do you have any other guys that you're willing to throw into that yellow category? Yeah, I mean, I'll concur with everything that John just said. Uh, I would throw potentially Darnell Mooney into that yellow light category. He's been fairly consistent since Trubisky's taken over as a starter, the clear number two guy. And we know how terrible Jacksonville's secondary is. Um, and definitely red on everybody in Jacksonville because they've said that they don't even know uh, if Gardner Minshew is going to start this game or if it's going to be Glennon or Luton, but uh, it sounds like they're firmly committed to not getting an unexpected win like the Jets just did. Yeah, Green that's Trevor Green. Lawrence right Green there. That that's defense. Uh, let's move on to Cincinnati at Houston. So obviously um, Miami Dolphins are going to be interested in the outcome of this game, you know, kind of see where things are going. But Houston Texans, Cincinnati Bengals, Mung, we'll start with you. Give me a green, give me a red, and give me a yellow, and then we'll kick it over to John. Yeah, I mean, I think Deshaun Watson and David Johnson are both clear green lights. Uh, you know, uh, Watson's been lights out, and it sounds like Duke Johnson's still dealing with that neck injury. So David Johnson should be a workhorse yet again. Um, yellow light. I mean, if you're desperate, Giovanni Bernard. Uh, he got he was a workhorse once again against Pittsburgh. I don't know if that'll remain the case, but depending on your running back options, you may not have any choice and. You know, if he gets the bulk of the carries against a weak Texans run defense and he gets some PPR garbage time, he could end up being in that RB2 territory once again. Um, Red lights, I mean, you don't want to start really anybody else on the Bengals, hopefully. John, do you have anything to add with that one? No, I mean, I think that you could consider a couple of yellow light, like flex type plays with Brandon Cooks and Kiki Kuti against Cincinnati. But that's really about it. I think that that's really good advice from from Mong. I mean, David Johnson actually set a career high in receiving yardage and receptions in that in that week. And I have him in a final and really hoping that he's maintains that workhorse role and that Duke Johnson doesn't try to get back in there. So, yeah, absolutely. Love it. Uh, let's move on to Giants versus the Ravens. I'm going to say a guy. You tell me if we're going. You tell me what color we're going at the same time. You ready? We're going to play it a little bit different. We're gonna go with let's let's start out with Lamar Jackson. Green. Got yeah, I'm green on Lamar. Green. J.K. Dobbins. Yellow. 
I'll say yellow as well. Yeah. It's borderline green. I like it. I like it. Mark Andrews got to be green, right? But let's talk. Yeah, that's a green. Hollywood Brown. Red. Red. Yeah, Red. It's, it's tough considering moving him into that, that yellow side. Not On for the, the final. Other, other side of the ball. You know, I feel like can we? there's only one guy to really debate here, and that's let's talk Gallman. You know, Gallman's been very good, struggled this week. What are we doing with Wayne Gallman? Yellow and the light's about to turn red. I, he, he just didn't show up in week 15 and cost a lot of people that were believing in him. And the Giants' offense against Baltimore, it's going to be ugly. I, I red light the whole team. I like it. Another ugly matchup, Browns yeah, and Jets. Quick, I actually oh, thought you were going to say the one guy for the Giants might be Evan Ingram. Because Evan Ingram. Daniel Jones is back. He does yeah. like to target Ingram. Yeah. And, you know, Baltimore, they're, they're tough against – uh, wide receivers, but they do actually give up quite a bit to the tight end. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I agree with that. Browns at Jets. All right. Browns, we're definitely – we're firing up Baker. You know, we're, we're firing up – obviously, we're, we got to have Nick Chubb in that green area. Um, Kareem Hunt, what are we doing? Red. Yeah, that's a red – major red flag coming off of week 15 where they just didn't use him. Yeah, and it was all about Chubb. That's a shame too. Um, and then on the on the Jets side of the ball, is there anybody we're willing to start? You know, is there any wide receiver that you're putting some stock in there? Darnold's got to be on the outside, but is there anybody you guys would be willing to throw out there? Uh, I mean, Crowder. If there's garbage time, I guess. Uh, but certainly, you know, on the yellow borderline red side for all the Jets. All yeah, right. no thanks. Much more exciting game. And we're going to kind of do a little bit quick hits for you guys. Uh, Denver Broncos and Chargers. All right. So we're, we're firing up Herbert. You know, Eckler has been borderline, but I feel like you still got to go with him in, in the green area. And the wide receivers. I mean, Keenan Allen, that's the trickiest one to me. What are we doing with Keenan Allen? I got him as a yellow light there. Um, I do not have him as a wide receiver one. So that's going to be your challenge there. I mean, you, we just – I hate to make you relive this, Mike, but he – you remember in pregame, he was like, don't sit me. Yeah. And, uh, and it was all over Twitter, and people were throwing him in their lineups, and he had the one catch, and he and he killed you, right? So you can't feel very good. I mean, it has had some time to heal, but, man, I, I'd look for some some better options, and he, he sh- hopefully is not your wide receiver one this week. Yeah, and his disappearance, I mean, it led – it had – Tyron Johnson being a little bit more relevant. Hunter Henry looked fantastic. So you got to put him all straight up in green here and, and move forward with that offense. Keenan Allen, Mung, are you, are you willing to start him this week? If it's got to be, he's, he's closer to that back end wide receiver two now or mid wide receiver two than he is a wide receiver one, in my opinion, and very risky. Uh, this is really situation dependent, right? This is why you can tweet at us on Sunday mornings when we know more. Uh, it's hard to say right now. He's had 10, he'll have 10 days uh, since the last game to heal up, but he hasn't practiced yet. He didn't practice today. If he gets some practices in Thursday, Friday, I'll be a little bit more confident in him, but really it depends on your other options. It depends if you're an underdog versus a favorite. Uh, there's a lot that's going to go into the, uh, the Keenan Allen decision-making for your starting lineups this yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, Mike, one guy that I, I would green light, though, is Austin Eckler. And I had some people asking about him because he, he didn't do what we thought he would in week 15, and some people feel a little bit burned. But I would turn him loose. Denver's run D has not been good. The Denver defense was pathetic last week. They couldn't yeah. stop anything. And so I feel yeah. really good about throwing Austin Eckler in there, especially game script as well. I have Eckler as a top 10 play for sure. Um, another guy that I have – that I'm putting green light on, you know, and I, we talked about it in our smash except um, group chat and somebody that I, I rolled out there in most of my semis was Melvin Gordon. He's a relatively safe play. You know, it's a revenge game for him consistently seeing double digit carries. He's run for at least 60 yards in four of his last five. He's always a threat to, to score multiple touchdowns when they get close because they do not want Drew Locke throwing a bunch of interceptions. So Melvin Gordon, you know, I have him as a green. I'm all in. I know you guys might, you know, be more like on the yellow, but I'm all in on Melvin Gordon. And I'm in on Noah Fant. I'm green light Noah Fant. He's the most trusted guy in that offense right now as far as in the in the receiving core. He's coming off season high, 11 targets, 8 receptions. 
he rewarded you if you played him last week. Any quarrels with either of those? And I'm not really – I'm not firing up much else in Denver. No, I got nothing really to add. I like it. All right. We got what, two more games here. Let's go Eagles, Cowboys. Just give me your lock red and your lock green of the week. Start with you, Monk. Who's the one guy you got to have in your lineup? Yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts is my QB4 this week. Uh, I'm starting him over Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm starting him over a lot of quarterback options. I'm starting him over Tom Brady against Detroit. I absolutely love this matchup against the Cowboys. And okay, I'll, I will green light Miles Sanders to go with him as an RB1 this week. Absolutely. Yeah, I was, I was totally on board with that. Who's your red light? Uh, I, I don't. I wouldn't start Zeke even if he is playing because I think Pollard's going to have a 50-50 split. I like it. We're right on the same page. Rams, Seahawks. This one's going to be exciting. I feel like you know we get an opportunity where the Rams are probably having the roughest practice week they've ever had. Right? I mean, they just lost to the Jets. No team in the history of the NFL has ever lost to a zero-win team with nine wins under their belt. Never. It just doesn't happen. I think Goff bounces back. You got you get an opportunity here against Seattle, the worst or if not one of the bottom three pass defenses. Fire up Robert Woods. Fire up Cooper Cup. I feel like they bounce back hard here. And Cam Akers is the one to me that's a little bit on the interesting side. Um, hit me up with a little bit on the Rams side, and then let's talk Seahawks. Well, I think on Cam Akers, the Grinch kind of stole him. He's he's out for week 16, yeah. which is really painful. And so um, for that reason, I would yell like Daryl Henderson. I think it's kind of interesting. The Rams really let us down, though, last week and just did not look good. And so I'm kind of – I feel like this whole game is a yellow light. Um, it could get ugly. Um, there's going to be some fantasy points. But I yellow trending red for some of the Seattle players – I'm really concerned about DK Metcalf. I'd consider sitting him if you could. I mean, Jalen Ramsey could take him out. He looks banged up. He didn't do much at all last week. Uh, Russell Wilson could struggle against that Rams secondary. He looked bad last week. Uh, Lockett didn't do much. Chris Carson didn't do much. Um, so y'all, I, I won't be too hard and say I'm red lighting all of them, but I'm not thrilled about putting any of the Seahawks in my lineup. Um, I mean, Rams, I feel a little bit better about, but not great, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's Lockett over Metcalf this week, and that's that's a good point. I mean, it pretty much yeah, yellow agreed. across the board here. Um, guys that are not going to be in the yellow is this Tennessee versus Green Bay game. That's the one I'm excited about. You know, it's green lights all over the place, right? I mean, green lights on Tannehill and on, on Derrick Henry, obviously on Rodgers, on Adams. I mean, this is the kind of game that sounded like I was doing my Rudolph thing, you know, like naming all them. But, I mean, <laughs> seriously, this is the game yeah. that we're excited about. This is the Sunday night game that we deserve. You know, this is the game that is going to win people fantasy championships. You know, and it's A.J. Brown has looked great. Corey Davis has been, you know, has been in there. Robert Tunyon, I mean – this is a game that's going to win people championships. I believe this is when, it, I mean, there's no one in this game that I'm not really excited about. So this is the super fun time of the, of the game. And is there anyone that you're have any kind of trepidations on anybody that uh, to me, I'm like, well, I'm not totally wild about Corey Davis, but the rest of this offense on both sides, I'm super excited for. No, I I'm green lighting most everybody. Um, especially the the big names. But I was going to throw this question out to you guys. And for the listeners, help me out here. I have to decide between Aaron Rodgers and Ryan Tannehill in this game for the championship. What do you guys think? Mung, you want to take that one first? Yeah, it's um, it's Rodgers for me mm -hmm. just because it is expected to be sub-zero temperature game. And yeah. Rodgers is used to that. Uh, and I don't think that the cold is going to affect Tannehill that much. But at the same time, I could just seeing this being, you know, Derrick Henry over and over again, five, six yards here and there. Um, and the one other note I'll add is that I do think this is a big green light for Aaron Jones. Jamal Williams uh, still hasn't practiced yeah. yet with that thigh injury. And we saw that Jones was a workhorse when Williams left that game last week against Carolina. 
Yeah, I, I'm starting Rodgers as well. I mean, Ryan Tannehill's been fantastic. You know, we we've talked about him a lot that he's been that he's been the man over the last season and a half. Um, but he got two rushing touchdowns this past week that really padded that up. I think Henry's going to get that. Rodgers, Tennessee's at bottom five pass defense. Green Bay is not. You know, you got to you got to fire Rodgers up, and it, that's one where you almost wish yeah. you had a super flex. And then the last one of the week, obviously Buffalo. I'm not starting anyone in New England with any kind of confidence at all, but Buffalo, you know, they, they've struggled against New England at times, but Diggs, Beasley, you've got to fire them up. Allen's got to be a top five play. And Gabriel Davis is in on the radar, you know, as a, as a backend guy, is there anyone else you guys are interested in in this game? I actually think that it could be a little bit more of a difficult matchup for the Bills. Um, certainly you're not benching Allen or Diggs, but uh, New England's secondary has played well, even though they're going to be missing Stephon Gilmore. We see that Belichick time and again, he'll find ways to slow you down. Um, but I will say if you're desperate on the other side, you know, Demir Bird and uh, Jacoby Myers, again, low, low floors. But if this turns into a garbage time opportunity in the second half, I mean, we've seen both of these guys go off for like nine, ten receptions before. For sure. For sure. Love chopping it up with you guys. You know, it was a, you know, we threw out there the week 16 matchups, trying to help you guys out with your rosters. But ultimately, when it comes to sit starts, hit us up. You know, you can hit me up at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. John? Yeah, playoff John here at Dynasty underscore trades. He wins five championships. Start playoff John. We'll see how many of these we can take down this week. I'm so pumped, but reach out anytime because we'd love to help you guys at Smash Accept as well. And remember, I'll throw this out there too. We're going to be doing this all off season, and that's where things really get exciting and fun and dynasty in so many ways. Can't wait for that as well. But, uh, yeah, good luck to everyone in your championships. Mung, take us home. Yeah, I know this is uh, mostly dynasty show, but I do uh, uh – column over at Fantrax, and this week I'm talking about deep gems off the free agent list. Uh, players who are still less than 50% rostered even after the waiver wire run, so if you got some waiver wire, uh, or excuse me, if you have some redraft leagues, feel free to check that out at Fantrax. Otherwise, you know, love talking to these guys. Best of luck to everybody in the fantasy playoffs. Happy holidays. If you need more questions answered, I'm on Twitter, at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Go win some of those titles and enjoy the process. Good luck. Ooh, a little pop.